Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilliam, your host. Welcome back to another episode with Kenny Harper. He's the author of Amplified Business Breakthroughs. In the last episode, we discussed five easy and effective ways to maximize our profits. Today, we're going to talk about three ways we can create predictable growth. We're going to cover the following key takeaways in today's episode. Number one, by documenting the customer journey, we will better understand our customer's pattern of behavior. Number two, by tracking our metrics, we can discover trends so we can predict the results of our actions. Number three, we should identify our weak spots and then narrow our focus on those until they're fixed. Then we can move on to the next thing. Number four, if we compete on price, we're likely going to lose. We have to find something that differentiates us that isn't just price. One of the things you talk a lot about is predictability. Can you share with us how we can predict our customers and, and what some of the secrets of predictability are? Predictability, wouldn't it be nice to be able to know and predict the results that you're going to get from, from your marketing efforts? And this is totally possible. Now, not to an exact dollar and cent amount, but you can calculate what's going to happen. And the way we're going to do that is by leveraging the growth triad. The growth triad consists of three pillars. The first pillar, we've been kind of talking about it a lot, is the documented journey. So the documented journey is, is basically like the strategy and it's outlining how are you going to get your message to your market? Then how are you going to build that relationship by turning a look into a stare? How are you going to get people to raise their hand? When they raise their hand, how can you guide them from being interested to in action by trading a little bit of time or a little bit of money so that they're in a further relationship, setting up the opportunity to excite them about the value that you can provide and guiding them to an offer that is crafted to give them the results they're looking for. So by writing it out and documenting it, you can do it consistently. Consistently. So what do you think the benefit is of taking consistent actions? Being consistent. So it builds our credibility because people, uh, people get to, to know and trust what we're going to do. Um, consistency also helps us get things done. It's like eating the elephant, right? You, you eat it one bite at a time. And, and uh, by, by doing something every day, small, simple things every day, we can achieve great things. I don't know, just, just a couple of thoughts there. That's it. I mean, we, when you're taking a consistent result, number one, number one, you're going to get better and better at it. So if you're, even if you're going to chop down a big tree, if you just take a few whacks and be like, this tree can't be chopped down, it's, it's too hard. Um, now let's start trying to chop down that tree. If you continue to move around and trying to chop down different trees, you'll never chop down any tree. But if you are consistently chopping down the one tree, you'll get through the bark. It becomes easier. And eventually, even the weight of the tree will assist you and the tree will fall. So consistency builds momentum. I love that. Consistency builds momentum. That's right. Doing something small over and over keeps the momentum going, which then helps us cut down the big tree. Okay, keep going. And, and that's easier said than done because I guarantee you, there's so many different things pulling for your attention. There's a lot of shiny objects out there saying, this is the, the new way of doing things. Here's the new app you need to be on. Here's this new tactic that you got to try. 
oh, you're not doing this social media platform. Oh, you're missing out. So people are getting pulled out in all these different directions. They're doing things because they feel like they're going to miss out if they don't. They're going to miss the, the bus or the boat. But the ones who are succeeding are the ones who are being really consistent. Uh, so the other benefit of being consistent and documenting your journey is by following a consistent recipe, you're going to get consistent results. Now, those may be good or those may be bad. But if you track the metrics and see what's happening, you can begin to identify where are my strong points and where are the areas that I need to put some attention. So we, we look at actionable metrics. So that's the second pillar. Pillar number two of the growth triad is actionable metrics. What are the actions that you can take that will influence and predict a result? So for example, if you're looking to get more sales consultations, uh, an actionable metric may be a certain amount of outreach or a certain amount of emails or a certain amount of uh, direct messages that will influence and predict the, the, the conversations and consultations. Do more of this will lead to more of this. When you're following a consistent process, you're going to get a pretty consistent result. It does become about math. That's right. So you're talking about systematizing it, knowing if I do this, this is going to happen. So you know, like if I pull this lever, this is what's going to come out of the other side of the assembly line, right? You're, you're just knowing which levers to pull to get the results that you want from your system. Yes, exactly. And the, and the challenge is a majority of people, and I've been just as guilty of it, and I can get really sucked out because there's shiny fish to pull my attention. <laughs> um, but when you're being really focused, following your documented journey, you can get really solid data of what's working and what's not. And then you can, we, we help our, our clients build out a growth scorecard based on the customer value journey in the, in the eight different stages. So they can clearly see where the bottlenecks are. Some people, they're not even getting their message to the market. So they need to focus on the awareness stage. Others are getting the message there, but they have no engagement. You could just tell that I've got this channel and making all these posts, putting all this content out there, but no one's liking it. No one's commenting. No one's watching. Or maybe they get an engagement, but then they're not getting anyone to raise their hand. They're not getting any leads from it. That's where they would need to focus. Or maybe they're getting people to raise their hand, but they're not getting people to take the next step and schedule a consultation or fill out a form or something of that nature. So you could really identify where the bottlenecks are. And when you, when you could identify where they're at, then you say, all right, let's put some attention in. What, are we, what can we do? What are those little adjustments that we can make that would have a big impact and make everything flow smoothly. Yeah, one thing that really helps me, um, sometimes people, when they gather numbers for the different steps in the customer value journey, they just gather numbers. And and sometimes with numbers only, it, it's hard to make a good data-driven decision. But, but what helps me is when I turn them into conversion percentages, right? And I look at the percentage from each step that converts. And, and that seems to make it a lot easier for me to see where the problem is, where it, it's, I've kind of gotten to a spot where I'm measuring conversion rates instead of the actual numbers. I don't care that this number is 12. I care what is the, what percentage of the people that came to this step of the process went to this step of the process. And that's currently at 18%, but it should be at 43%. So I'm low, right? And I, I don't know, I think conversion rates provide more value. Thoughts on that? I think conversion rates provide deeper insight, uh, and that would be a, a metric to track. Um, a really good book that I, I, I'm a big fan of, 
Um, I think it's Sean Covey, the four disciplines of execution. And one of those disciplines talks about like building a scorecard and like just really putting the data in front of you so that you're looking at, here's where we're at, here's what we're, where we're currently performing and here's where we want to go. Um, and you, you bring out a good point because if you're just looking at the number and you're not looking at the percentages, uh, you could be off, you could be off base. That's right. You could think something is good or something's bad. Great. I got 12 conversions, but you're actually half the conversion rate in that step that you should be. And, and when you know the conversion rate, it's a lot easier to see which step in the process I'm having a problem with. I'm doing really good to this place and I'm doing really good after this, but this one conversion spot is my bottleneck that's kicking our butt, right? How do we focus on this one element? So going back to putting focus and just saying, all right, what, what can we do? What's something that we could do just to improve it even by a little bit? And we, we could try something. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But when we focus on it, we try it and we track it, we can make an influence. And by continuing to put attention there, that's how we can improve it. The, the only, only counter to the conversion, I think it's like you need both, right? Um, people, There's some people I know that have, have made claims like, if we've doubled our sales. What were your sales? So you don't have a large enough statistical sample to make a, a decision. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, but that's a really good po point as far as making sure you're tracking uh, the items and, and really looking at that data. So, you, and you brought up something earlier about like you know the overwhelm. So I've seen people try to map out everything, and they're trying to track all their data, and they're trying to get really granular, and they're trying to pay attention to it all at the same time. And, and they don't have the resources or the time to really do that. And so they give it a lot of attention and then it's like, <laughs> they've got to do other stuff. So what we were just saying, and if you're tuning in, thinking about it, just focus on one area, identify where that weak spot is. What's the one area that if you improve that would make everything else flow that much smoother. And then just focus on that first. Russell Brunson calls that the big domino. You know, what's the one domino that if I tip is going to knock down a whole bunch of other dominoes in my chain? Um, in the book, let's see, there's a book I love called uh, Habits. Something, so it, It's Habits as the big word on the title. And it's a yellow cover. The Power of Habits? Power of Habits. That's right. Thank you. And in that book, it talks about keystone habits. And it talks about what is the, what is the one habit, like you're talking about, that if I do this one thing, it's going to change other habits in my life, right? such as if I exercise, I will probably naturally eat healthier. I will probably naturally get to sleep earlier, right? There, there's several other behaviors that are going to happen naturally when I do this one thing. So you're talking about the same thing. It's a keystone behavior in your business that's going to naturally knock, knock down other dominoes or help you achieve other habits if you can do it. All right, let's shift a little bit. Let's talk about pricing. So you, you teach about pricing and how we can use pricing to increase our profit margins. What advice can you give us on that? So I like the concept, you know, you're familiar with Russell Brunson and I can tell you're a well-studied gentleman, Nathan, a lot of knowledge in that, in that mind of yours. Um, so pricing, we'll go back to the, the service provider. I was working with an attorney and, and he was providing his service at an hourly rate 
and competing against other attorneys at an hourly rate. And if, if you're providing the same service, then you're basically going to be looking at more of a commodity, right? And the only thing that's going to be differentiating is price. So someone would be making a poor decision if they didn't say, well, I'm going to choose the, the cheaper off option. And some people say, oh, but we have, we have great customer service. It's like, well, probably the other business does too. And nobody's going to know that until after they buy your product anyway. <laughs> or we've been in business for 30 years and who cares? That really didn't make a difference to me. That may not be a good thing anyway. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows what that means? So we say, all right, well, can you can you elevate? Can you stack the value? Can you create a bundle that differentiates your product? And then um, no longer is it an apples to apples. It's a barrel of oranges to apples. And I'll give an example. So we do um, coaching and we have coaching programs and, and we do have you know, workshops and things of that nature. And one of the things that we've done as well as some other coaches have done, um, advisors, is we've, we've productized our business to where we've got a book, we've got like a box kit with, that has the workbooks, that has uh, digital templates, that has online trainings, they have a community that has one-to-one. Um, so we're really trying to uh, add a lot of different value in, into one offer that's going to differentiate someone else who's like, I'll spend an hour with you or spend a couple hours with you each month. It's like you're going to buy a, a full value an offer or just some time. So by, by adding more to an offer, you're creating more value to provide more transformation. And you can also afford raising your price because you're providing more value. So an, an attorney, which I was initially talking to, he was doing um, a service for wills, you know, helping people with their wills. And he's an estate attorney. I was drawing a blank on it for a second. I'm like, what is that type of attorney? <laughs> but uh, he was having people come to him for the for doing the wills and it's not a high ticket thing and he has to get a lot of volume just to get a decent amount of uh, revenue from that very similar to the cpa we're like well are there other things that you could do that would provide more value to the the customers you provide and he's like yeah i could help them with planning their estate i can help them get you know their their other assets in order there's a lot of things I could do, but that, that they're not asking me for these things. And I, I don't want to like push all these services on them. I'm like, well, you don't have to push the services on them, but could you not develop a package and enroll people when you're having a conversation that here's a path that we can follow. Here's the different ways I can help you. Here's the benefits of following this path. Instead of having to make seven sales, you bundle it all together into one service. And at the, yeah, and at the very least, even if people had said, uh, I'm not ready to do that all that right now, at least they'll know and you've, you've established a roadmap for their next step. And then you could say after you completed the first thing, then, all right, let's, let's move the conversation to the next path, the next step in the path. But if you never share that with anyone, you expect them to know it, they're not going to know. I mean, 
I think we're all guilty. If you're tuning in now, think about it for yourself. If you were honest with yourself, if you're honest with yourself, think about your the customers that you have right now, if you have customers, and do you believe that they know in their heart of hearts all the v different ways that you can provide value to them? Do they know that? Have you communicated that? Have you made that uberly clear? Nathan, have you ever heard of BNI? Not ringing a bell. So BNI is Business Networking International. It's a professional networking organization, uh, and it's, it's world-renowned. And I, I joined it about 10 years ago, and I was in it for a couple of years. It's a great for some businesses, for some business models, it's a great way to get your business off the ground and start building referrals and connecting with other people in other industries. Okay. The thing is each week you go to this, this uh, referral group meeting and you basically do a, your one minute elevator pitch and you, you inform and you're trying to train, you're not trying to sell to your group, but you're trying to train the other members in the group the value that you provide and what they can listen for and look for so that they can help make referrals to you. But after being in a group for two years, there's people who would listen to me each week. And even after doing that, they still didn't know the things that I did. I'm like, oh my God, how do you not know this? They're like, you do that? At the time I was doing web design and they're like, you, you, you can build websites? How is this possible? How do you not know this? And that's with people that were spending time with me each week and in, in listening to this. So the point, the point I'm trying to make about <laughs> that tangent there is chances are your existing customers aren't aware of all the value that you can provide them, all the different ways that you can help them. And so being purposeful and making sure that you're connecting with them and letting them know the different ways that you can help them that can increase your, the number of transactions, Per customer, just not trying to sell them and push things on them, but educating them and making sure that you're keeping that top of mind and letting them know the different ways that you can provide value to their world and help them get the things that they want. Okay. So to restate that in a nutshell, you're saying, uh, add more value to your offer. Instead of just offering one thing to your customer, make sure you're offering them a, a broader package of, of services that you provide instead of just increasing your pricing and trying to give the same thing for a higher dollar amount, increase the value so you can increase the price. Am I getting that? That's exactly it. Uh, the, I've worked with a lot of, um, as, as mentioned earlier, people who are trying to offer coaching or advisory services and the challenge they have is they've, they've been used that you're used to selling their, their service for a certain price and they have a hard time seeing how they can sell higher ticketed items. And the way we do that is just by saying, let's stack the value of what you're offering. Can you save them more time? Can you solve more challenges for them? Can you give them more resources? And a lot of the times they can, sometimes they're even doing it already, but they just haven't associated a value to that. So, by fleshing out the value and then assigning a value to it, you can elevate the offer. And then you want to communicate that and let people know, because if you don't tell people, they're not going to know. 
Thank you so much, Kenny, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with Kenny, you can find him on LinkedIn, check out his books on Amazon, or visit his website at growthamplifiers.com. And there's links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode on our website. You can also get a free copy of my ebook, Passion Marketing, and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success as you strive to create predictable growth. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.